Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it's the Lombardi Line with Wild Card Weekend floating on the horizon. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi hanging out in Jersey. How are we feeling, man? We've got. What, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then we cap it off on Monday. Can't wait. How you doing? I'm doing great, Patrick. I'm doing really well. Good the start of the week. Uh, I'm excited for the games, excited for the nice weekend. It's going to be we're having the polar vortex, although I don't have to tell you about weather. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, you know, so it'll be good to sit inside the house, watch a lot of football, enjoy the game, and see some of these ch- – chess matches as they unfold and the rematches. I mean, there's a lot of rematch games and I think that that's going to make the quality of play as we move forward even better. Yeah, it is going to be brutal on Saturday in Buffalo. What's it like right now right there on the (laughs) island? It's mild. You know, we're in the mid-40s today, so it's not too bad, but we're expecting this really cold front to come through that's starting uh, you know, that's starting out west and moving, and it's going to just ha- – I mean, Buffalo, I looked this morning, I think the high uh, is going to be – oh, I think the temperature at kickoff is going to be 4 degrees, which brought me back to the – you know, thinking about the ice bowl and the freezer bowl in Cincinnati. Remember that in 82? Mm-hmm. That was like minus 20 degrees in Cincinnati, and the, the poor Cincin- the San Diego Chargers had to face that element. There were only 40,000 – you know what's funny? When I went back and looked, there was only 40,000 people in the stands. Every time you watch the ice bowl – it's remarkable that that many Packer fans showed up for the game that day. It really is. It's a tribute to to endure that horrendous – it must have been a lot of bourbon in that stadium. (laughs) I think to keep you warm and insulated. I always think when I think cold as well, we obviously think of Eli and Green Bay. For some reason, I think of Kaepernick and Green Bay as well. Remember that game as well where he had the no sleeves. But I go back to the Silverdome, the Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. Remember, that was like logistically a nightmare. They were dealing with – Huge storms. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's always the, the elements come into play is where we're at right now. No doubt. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers Seattle Super Bowl that was back in the Detroit on Ford Field. I mean, there was snow that entire yep. week. It was brutal in Detroit. Hard to get around, see people kind of do the things you wanted to do. So it was challenging. And, and you know, I mean, thankfully they played it indoors. But as we continue to go along, as the season becomes longer and longer, as we're seeing now, weather will be a factor in these games. Unless, you know, and it's funny, Buffalo's team is more built for indoors than they are outdoors. It, it, that is absolutely true. So, 
Two, three, one. That's the layout. Two Saturday, three Sunday, one up on Monday night. All home teams are the favorites here. It's interesting. Some familiarity as well, Michael. Five of the six are rematches. And two, this will be the third time because they're divisional rematches. So we do have familiarity. Is this your favorite weekend? Many say the next weekend yeah. is their favorite. Mine is by far this. Everything matters. Yeah. You're getting the teams that matter. This is, to me, the best. Yeah. And I think it's the, the, the fact that that this is the most dangerous round to get upset in. Yeah. I mean, we had Steve Mackinnon on yesterday, and I think the, 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 the dogs are 11-4 and four against the spread in this matchup. I mean, this is maybe the one area where there can be some kind of uh, pliability within the lines and some of these teams upset some of the other ones that you're not expecting. I mean, let's just start off with the Raider game and the opening game. I mean, when you really go back, and I did yesterday, and study the tape – of the first game, you know, the Raiders had that thing close and they just couldn't convert third downs. They were one for 10 in the game on third down. And then in the fourth quarter, the game slipped away from them. And fortunately for Cincinnati, they made three field goals of over 50 yards in that game before they scored the touchdown, which really helped, which really kind of kept them. If they turned the ball over any one of those times, it could have been a disaster. So, you know, Waller played well. Uh, but they weren't able to really make explosive plays down the field. The Bengals did a good job of of creating some problems for them, and then Carr throws the fourth-quarter interception, which killed them. And you mentioned it, Michael, as far as this is ripe for dogs, that being the postseason. Just last year in general, 8-5 and five ATS through the Super Bowl. Remember the dog winning the Super Bowl. But let's go wild card round in specific, as you mentioned with Mackinnon. How about the last five years? The dogs over the last five years this coming weekend, 15-7 and seven ATS and 10-12 and 12 outright as far as the record. So, again, the under and dogs have been cashing over the last five-plus in the wild-card round. There's, and I don't know if yeah. you have a specific reason for it, but that's what's happening. Well, I think there's a, there's a lot of parity in the league. And, and, you know, for example, you know, injury here, COVID bad test here could really change the whole tenor of your team. And, sure. and I think that some of these, you know, some of, just because you're playing at home doesn't think you're just going to dominate the game, right? And so I think to me it's, it's the, there's the evenness of the games and, you know, the fact that, you have an opportunity in the fourth quarter. Maybe some of these teams can change and go over. I mean, I think the Raiders will play well. I think the Raiders will do everything in their – I think they'll – I mean, if you watch the game, they threw the ball on the Bengals. He throws the bad interception to Eli Apple late in the fourth quarter. They moved the ball, but they ran the football effectively. And the Bengals had a really hard time blocking the Raiders' front in that game. But once Burrow, I thought they did a good job of going empty spreading everybody out, forcing the Raiders to play some kind of zone man concepts and got some quick throws so that Burrow can get the ball out of his hand. It really, it speaks to, and I got to give credit to my neighbor. He just kept on harping on me yesterday when he got me in a conversation. He kept on saying, we got to pressure Burrow. We got to pressure Burrow. And he's not wrong because it speaks to Burrow's brilliance this year, Michael, as far as he was sacked a league high 51 times. Sometimes you can blame some of that on the quarterback, but he's behind an offensive line by whatever metric you want to look at. They're just terrible pass blocking. So you've got no, the no edges doubt. in Gakwe and Crosby. That is going to be key here for the Raiders. Right, and I think what they have to do is they have to spread them out, and they've got to be able to get the ball out quickly, much like we saw Alabama do against Georgia in the first game. Right, Get it out quick. Utilize their passing game. Burr only threw the ball 29 times in the last game. 
you know, and they really didn't get the ball to Chase much. Chase only had three catches for 32 yards. He had the touchdown pass when Abram was playing cover two in the back corner of the end zone and couldn't get there. So this is a this is a little different Cincinnati team in the terms of their throwing the ball up the field. Higgins only had two catches for 15 yards in that game too. So, you know, and I thought really what happened to the Raiders was their inability to really convert those third downs. They were one for seven in the game on third down, and they couldn't, in this way, they didn't control the football. They only ran 47 plays in the game. They averaged 5.9 yards a play. The problem was the Bengals held it for 70 yards, 70 minutes, 70 plays. So, you know, if they can balance that up, and then here was the other key to the game, was the Raiders had seven penalties for 77 yards in that game. The Bengals had one penalty for five yards. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. I mean, that was the complete difference. I mean, they got penalized, and, and it really hurt them. And if that happens again in Cincinnati this week, I don't think Cincinnati's a tough venue to play in. I agree. I think Cincinnati's a tough team to play. That's early on Saturday, Michael. Vegas at Cincy. Number open six. It's down to five at a bunch of books, five and a half at others. What you'll notice of the six games, we haven't seen the favorite jump. Right. So it, whether it's coming to the dog or frozen, that's pretty much where these numbers sit. Like you look at Cincinnati, that's coming to Vegas. You look at New England and Buffalo that open for pretty much for it's frozen. So and it's kind of similar to the weather. <laughs> Those two yeah. games on Saturday and, are going to be frozen. And there's no juice on either on any no, of the numbers. Everything's right? one. No juice. Everything's, Everything's one ten across the board. Yep. You know, I, I see a three and a half uh, on an offshore book for New England, but mostly it's off fours. I see that I see that the Chief game moving a little bit. There's some thirteens out there, yep. mostly twelve and a halves. But again, I think it's pretty even. I think again today this is Thursday. We're all collecting data. There's no sense in running. A lot of tickets in the game so far. So these are going to be extremely high bet games, especially the Saturday ones as we start off. But there's no need to run out and grab a number. Yeah, and in Cincinnati, as you mentioned, not necessarily a home field advantage. We're going to put – these are Midwestern folks, so – uh, there's some good stock there. They're going to be hanging out in below freezing temps, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. It, I guess neither of those would really matter individually because you're not really, you know, the, the, the wind is, if it gets above 10, 15, sometimes, you know, Josh has his systems. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be crazy. Where it's going to be crazy is in Buffalo where it's going to be just beyond cold, you know, below freeze, below wind chill, below zero. So there, that is, you can kind of talk about the discernment there as far as how cold actually starts to matter. Yeah. Well, it affects field goal kicking, right? It's hard to kick that ball that's so cold, right? It's hard to do that. It's hard to catch it. I mean, one thing I think we've seen with Josh Allen in, in cold weather has his inability to take something off the ball. He makes it hard to catch. You know, when Boomer Esiason was playing at the Bengals, he had a great receiver named Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown was fabulous. In fact, at the 49ers, we wanted to draft him before the great Jerry Rice. And if Eddie Brown would have gone to the 49ers, he would have been sensational too because he was great for the, for the Bengals. But that being said, Eddie Brown had stitches in almost all of his pivot, all of his areas inside his fingers because of how hard Boomer threw the ball in that cold weather. This hard ball to catch. Now they wear more gloves now and all that, but it's a hard. You got to sometimes you got to take your your uh, foot off the gas a little bit in this cold, cold weather and try to give the receivers a chance to catch a catchable ball. Eddie Brown, Miami, right? What happened? Did he get he he did he come out of Miami? I'm trying to think. Eddie Brown went to the University of Miami. Okay, went to the University of Miami was an option quarterback at Miami High School. 
And then he went to Miami, went to junior college, Tyler Junior College. Then he transferred back with Howard Schnellerberger. He was sensational. He Think of Julian Edelman with probably more uh, power in his game, but explosively quick. I mean, really a talented, talented player. Fun to watch. Fun, fun, fun. He ended up with a pretty good player, though. I think well, the, yeah, the I mean, consolation I mean, prize was and, pretty and, good for you. And, 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 you know, it was one of those we'll take, you know, we liked all three of them. Altoon, Jerry, and, and, and Eddie. He was, you know, he was going to take either one that made it to him. Those are three great players. You nailed it. Uh, okay. Let's see when we come back if Michael's got a nugget. I've got odds on all the coaching openings. Okay. Matt Santos has done a good job with this. Uh, what? Who has Michael been texting with? We're going to put him on the spot. He doesn't have to give me names, but I guarantee he's hearing something. We're coming back here at Bombardi Line. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Football season, of course, is here. We've got the postseason coming up. BetMGM Sports is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options. Go in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip ring that state issued ID here in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology. Fan-friendly specials every day of the week. And, of course, you got to be 21 years old, or if you have a gambling problem, it's one 800 522-4700. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. The calm before the storm, I guess, 
in a multitude of ways as they've got some inclement weather. Man, you guys have been getting pounded. I mean, you go back a couple Ooh. of weeks. I, you, you, you remember the guy hanging up trying to take down the, the Christmas lights with the with the blizzard coming into town. Yeah, you got, I mean, we had the, the, the great the, the city of Ocean Cities out there changing, taking down the Christmas decorations. Meanwhile, we're getting blizzard conditions. I mean. Only here, but we're usually not. You know, we're right on the right on the Atlantic, so we're not used to these. These storms usually are way more inland, but when they do come up from the from the south along the coastline, that's when we get hammered, and we've been hammered this year. We're not. It's not like we're not used to snow. Like people can't. It's just that we're not. You know, not used to a lot of snow. Usually, it comes and goes. So. A few weeks back, and it was right after, maybe a couple weeks back now, it was right after the bizarre 11-minute rant from Joe Judge. I texted mm -hmm. you because something that we, we put out here at VEASAN Live went crazy viral, and it was you discussing what the Giants need to do. Honestly, I don't, I, I, I want to give you credit because I think you had an impact on the mares and tishes. Because <laughs> I doubt they, it. No, but I mean, seriously, I mean, it was a really well, it was a reserved conversation. You have to start. You have to think about what's happening from within. The Maras and Tishes have to take a look. They did. Gettleman moves on. They had the meetings with Judge, and then the following day they let him go. You mentioned at M Lombardi NFL on Twitter. This really comes down to logistics here. You can't bring in a GM and expect him to have some sort of authority if you're going to keep Judge around and say you're expected to work with him if you're the Maras. Well, I, I think the master plan with Gettleman's exit, assuming the season didn't create a Titanic-like disaster was to get Gettleman to retire, bring in Monty Ossendorf, the, the personnel director, assistant GM in Tennessee, who was in New England with Judge and us and all of us, a wonderful man, and let him kind of run the personnel department. That was, I think, the original plan. But once things started to unravel, once things started to fall apart, there was no way you could salvage that plan. And now they have a really a more challenging question because Kevin Abrams, their cap guy, who was rumored to be up for the GM job, as this whole thing unraveled, Mara now needs to look from the outside to bring someone in, which eliminates Abrams from the job, which then needs Ab – Abrams really can't stay because, you know, he's going to be sitting there, oh, I'm angry, I didn't get the job. You know, there's a lot of that goes on. So there's still with it internal strife within their building that they've got to clear out. But they took the first step and they and they were able to to move forward. I, I think and I and I and I think this as sincerely as possible. Joe, he had to take the, the, the giant job. He wasn't ready for the giant job. He wasn't prepared for the giant job. He should have been the head coach at Mississippi State, which is where he was headed before the giant interview. And so, to me, this is on John Mara. Why would you, why would you rush to hire the guy at Mississippi, who Mississippi State's going to hire when take some time and take a step back? Now, they've got to rebuild the organization and repair it with very little cap room. What do you see next year when their cap gets lowered by five, six, seven, eight million because of the incentives that the players earned on a bad team? Now, Michael, I have odds, BetMGM, and you and uh, Dave might have gone over these, so pardon me. I just I want to follow up on a couple things. One, What's a new show, Patrick? We can do them nope, again. It's I, okay. But I apologize. Dayball, Peterson, and Flores. I just, the reason I bring it up is because betting on – I think Mara is going to take this very differently, a di different approach, because remember, Gettleman was a giant. I mean, he went to Carolina, but there was giant ties. This feels like it's going to be exhaustive. There, you know, ties to the it organization to aren't going to matter. He he has to do it that way or else he's going to lose credibility with his fan base. Remember, his fan base has had enough 
This is the lowest point. Even he admitted it's the lowest point that they've ever felt in their, their history of the organization. I've been pointing it out. So I think he's going to take some time. I think he's got a challenging job ahead of him. I don't know if there's a favorite. I think the GM is going to – I talked to an agent yesterday in the league who has coaches, and he said, I, I don't know who's going to get this job because I think a lot of it is going to be dependent upon – who is the GM? Now, I know Brian Flores would love to be the giant head coach. I think he would love to do that. I think he's the betting favorite in Chicago. But I think that Brian, part of this whole thing with Chicago and New York, pretty much too in Minnesota, is what GM will link to what coach? What GM will link to what coach? Right. And that's going to be the marriage that's going to be. Does Flores go in there if they hire somebody that he's comfortable with? And I think that's going to be the key. So it's going to take some time before we see that actually come full circle. Yeah, and he by, he's the big-time favorite at plus 160. Leslie Frazier at 5-1, to one, your second betting favorite. All of this comes down to how the structure is built, right? So in Chicago, it's the, in the family how they decide they want to structure this. Is Flores going to come in and say he then has say in who's going to be the GM, or is it the opposite, the GM decides on Flores? That's, that's really what it comes down to, right? I think it really is, and I think that you know you got Bill Polian in there running the search, and George McCaskey is listening to Polian, which will lean him down a Polian road, which which I don't know what that is or what that does now. I mean, Bill hasn't, you know, I'm sure Bill's kept on top of the game and he knows all these guys, but I think this job in Chicago, I think the, the what I think the media doesn't really understand is these jobs that you're interviewing for. Some of these jobs are not about who can pick the best players, who has a plan to build the best team. Two different things, way different. Chicago needs a team designer. They need a builder. They don't need somebody to come in who's going to scout at Mankato State in the middle of October. They need somebody who's going to come in and coach the coaches, who's going to help the head coach, who's going to partner with the head coach, who's going to understand player development, who's going to understand pro personnel, college personnel, how to, how to unify all those departments together, how to get maximized the practice squad, how to get all this working within symmetry and everybody on the same page. I think this is there's a lot of the candidates that this is job this job's way bigger than that. Do you do you think that sometimes it's just a, even a little bit more simplistic for the Giants in particular? Isn't Mara and that family going to say the general manager and the head coach? We've got two more years of Jones or a year or two of Jones. We need to figure out if this is our future. Same thing in Chicago with Fields. Like there is a development that comes along with the next hire. Right, but the problem is in most of these interviews, you may not get the job. You're not going to get the job in Miami if you go in there screaming that Tua stinks. <laughs> you're not going to get the job. At Isn't New that York why Flores lost his job? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're not going to get the job if you come screaming into Chicago and saying, look, I'm worried about Justin Fields. Now, what you could say is, look, if I were the, if I interview and I say, look, I don't know about Justin Fields. What I do know is it takes 20 more games to evaluate a quarterback at least 20 or more. I would say this, just on the brief, brief evaluation period and, and sample size we have, I think he needs to be under center. I think he needs to be in a Kevin Stefanski slash Kyle Shanahan style of offense, a lot of play action, a lot of play action to utilize and separate the defense. That's what I see right now. Do I think he can grow further? That I don't have an answer for. It does feel like... Your man that went down to Saban rehab. It does feel like Bill O'Brien's the leader in the clubhouse for Jacksonville right now. Well, Brian's the leader in the clubhouse because that's what that's what the general manager 
Trent Baalke once because I think they feel like, the two of them feel like, and I don't know if this, I haven't talked to Billy, so I don't know, but I, I think the two of them feel like they can get along and coexist. Billy's a volatile, emotional, <laughs> high energy, strong, you know, and, and Balky, look, you know, I, I said, Balky's got a lot of, a lot of coaches up, up on Boot Hill, you know, Harbaugh, he's on Boot Hill. The, you know, Jim Tomasula, he's right there. Chip Kelly. You, you got Chip Kelly right there. And then you got Doug Marone. I mean, I mean, Trent for all, all that he can has had a reputation for coaches go once he gets there. Well, I can assure you, if Bill O'Brien gets a job, you're going to get a text that says, I got the effing job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to be. And listen, his, we, you and I have exhausted this, but he won nonstop with the Texans without quarterbacks. Maybe that's what Balky looks and sees Bill O'Brien and says he can develop this quarterback. He's developed lesser quarterbacks. Look, I mean, he, he did a good job in Houston. Say whatever you want about him. He yes. did a good job. He wasn't a good general manager. Separate the two. Separate the two. He was a disaster as a GM. I mean, I don't even think he wanted to draft Deshaun Watson, frankly. I think he wasn't excited about that. But then once he got him, he coached him and made him a really good player. But once he got control of the franchise away from Rick Smith, it became a real problem. What's the vibe there in Philly as they head into this matchup with the Bucks, which I want to come back and discuss? Is, is, there, is there bullishness? Oh, vibe? I mean, it's, it's the <laughs> money line. Are you kidding me? Money line money vibes. Line. We're ready to go. I oh, mean, right. it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but we're ready to go. Yeah, they're, they're, they're practical about it. Of course it's going to be hard. It's weather, defending weather, champs. Weather's a, weather's a little concerned. It's going to be rainy, but, they're, yeah, they're ready to go. Second biggest number on the board, of course, Kansas City's lane 12-and-a-half hosting Pittsburgh. Next, we'll come back and discuss Philly at Tampa. It's 8-and-a-half. That hasn't moved. As Michael mentioned, that standard vigorous of 110, that's what it is right there in Tampa. 8-and-a-half, 110, up and down with Philly in town. We'll come back and discuss next here in Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you like football, you like college hoops? Combine them. Big game, big dance. It's a special right now through April 5th. So you get everything we offer with college hoops, including the college hoops betting guide. Plus everything, you know, the postseason when it comes to the NFL, we're going to ride with you. 24-7 video access, daily best bet emails, betting splits, breakdowns of every game. It's vcin.com slash big deal. It's only 69 bucks. vcin.com slash big deal. Make sure you check it out. Before we get into these games, there was one thing, Michael Lombardi there, of course, in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. As we get started, I'm excited, man. This weekend's going to be fun, right? Because yeah. we've got, and, and one of them in particular, I think you have kind of talked me into I get a sense you like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting words in your yeah, mouth. I, I think you like him as a person. I think you like his demeanor. And I've kind of turned into a huge Jimmy guy, and I'm pulling for San Francisco. San Francisco, of course, at Dallas on Sunday. That's the middle game. They're laying, the Cowboys are laying three. I bring it up because there's some names here. Garoppolo may not be a 49er next year. Uh, Watson may not be a Texan next year. How about Frank Reich's noncommitted comments about 
your boy Carson Wentz. Will Carson Wentz be a Colt next year? Now, again, you, we can read into this, but he said next year's roster will be next year's roster. I don't want to open up about one player and then start talking about all of them. That coincides with an odd release from the owner in Ursay where I don't really know what he said except emulated Truman and said the buck stops here, right? But there are, yeah. ish, there are questions about Wentz, to say the least, with that performance in Jacksonville. Well, I mean, the Wentz's performance the entire season. I mean, when, when things were tough, he was bad. When things started, when they weren't being looked upon as being tough, I mean, you know, beat the Jets, beat the Jaguars, go in and beat the Bills because we run the football, and then we come home and play the Bucks, and we turn the ball over three times in the second half. You know, and then we get back going again. We play, you know, we beat Houston, but we beat New England, I throw, for 43 yards. You know, we beat Arizona, probably my best game, and then we lose two home – we lose a home game to the Raiders. I mean, I don't know what people expect Frank Wright or Chris Bauer to say, oh, no, we're 100% behind right. Carson Wentz. I mean, they would lose the team. The team knows he didn't perform. Wentz knows he didn't perform. I mean, you, you, you're going to lose the team if you continue to lie to them and say things that aren't actually true. I mean, they look, they, Wentz is no different than, you know, you named all those quarterbacks, Garoppolo, and, you know, who's available in the open market. Well, there's a bunch of these guys that are on teams that are, that are being held in the barn as trading assets. You know, chips. Yeah. You want Wentz? Okay, here you go. Now, contract and all that stuff play into it, but I would find – I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to replace Wentz. I would think they think Sam Ellinger could do it, and they probably regret not playing Sam Ellinger against the Raiders. But there's a concern how strong is Ellinger's arm. Can he actually do it for 17 weeks, 18 weeks? Those are questions. You know, I think the other thing the Colts have is they have a defensive problem. I mean, they're not great on defense. You know, it kind of gets underneath the carpet – because of their ability to create turnovers. But the reality of their defense is when they have to stop somebody, they struggle, you know, and they have all these great numbers, but they don't have the, you know, they gave up 32 touchdown passes, Patrick. If mm-hmm. they got to get into a game where they got to play man-to-man, I mean, it's, it's 32 touchdown passes. That's two a game. And it looks like Eberflus is getting looks for a head coach, which surprises me a little bit here. But it, he- Well, I mean, he's, you know, remember, remember, whenever you feel surprised, and this is for anyone listening or watching at home, whenever you feel surprised, stop and say the NFL is about who's elected, not who's selected. That's important because all these things are about electability. All these things are about electability. It's not about, you know, Walsh said this to me in 1984. The NFL is not the best and the brightest. It isn't based on merit. It's based on electability. Can I sell this guy? See, we stood next to Sean McVay. Let's go interview him. You know, it's all that stuff. Same thing at GMs. Very well put. So, and it's weird with Wentz. It's the drop-off was steep those final eight games where he really Horrible. struggled. Hor- like, Horrible. You could hot, you can mask what he did in the first half of the season, but you can't mask what he did in the final, uh, final half How many of the more times do Colt fans want to watch him throw the ball left-handed? from the pocket and turned the damn thing over. I mean, you know, he turned it over in Tennessee. That was a loss. You know, he turned the ball over in, in the Rams game, the Tennessee game. I mean, all these games, the first Tennessee game. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the Raven game. I mean, the, the Raven game is a perfect example. They're dominating the game. Their defense couldn't get a stop. They're, they lose 31-25. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I think if you're Chris Ballard and you're Jim Irsay and you're the owner of the Colts, it's easy to put all the blame on Wentz. It, it is easy. And, and, and he certainly deserve, deserves a lot of it, right? He deserves a lot of it. However, 
your defense, your defense deserves some too. And until you fix that, until you become proficient at that, that you probably won't beat Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville looked like a really decent football team. I mean, this is a team that is supposed to be built on pass rush, built on creativity, built on being able to get off the field. They're 19th and third down. They're 25th in the red zone. Those aren't good numbers, Patrick. No, Lawrence. Not for a team. They couldn't not, get not Lawrence off the team. field. They could not get him they off the field. They couldn't get him off. Yeah. And it's weird. We talked they couldn't to, get Carr off the field. No, no, no. I mean, I mean they could get Carr. Carr, you know, this team, the, the Raiders typically don't score a lot of points. I mean, that was one of the first times they scored 20 points since, they, since the pass interference game in Dallas. Oh, well, until they took on the vaunted Brandon Staley defense. Exactly. And then, look, the last three weeks of the season, the, this Colt defense only created two turnovers. Not going to get it done. And they were your, as far as turnover margin, they were your leaders the whole entire year. Easy. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had multiple two. You know, there's only two games all season that they didn't turn the ball over, that they didn't create a turnover. That was Arizona they won, and that was the last game of the season. Oh, I wrote down the quote for you from Staley. He said something. Oh, here it is. Process over results. Okay, so he must be a gambler because in betting we understand this is a probab- a probability thing. He, so. he he can't be a he can't be because it, when you're betting the you want a high level of there's if you're taking chances you want a reward. My question comes back to what was the reward on getting the first down on fourth down versus what was the risk at fourth and one from your own 18 mm. what was the reward you got three more downs as the reward that's all you could get right that you're going to get three more downs there was no get you weren't getting seven points you weren't getting you weren't losing three so you for all the people me included that that don't like some of his decisions in the red zone i get it he's playing for the seven okay he's shooting the three not taking the dunk i get it i understand it but when you're at your own 18, you have the potential to give away three, and the only thing you gain is three more downs. Yep. Yes, sir. I wrote it. I just. Oh, and I haven't had a chance. We're going to get Vinny on, so trust me, we'll get back to these games in a second. I haven't had a chance. It, what, your big takeaways from Monday, you didn't do a show on Tuesday, so the national championship game. I loved what Saban did, and you wrote about a daily coach after the game. I loved what yeah. he did with those, with those captains and the quarterback there. You know, because he's so much now. He's, he's so much a power to how i got to build a team for next season, right? i gotta, I got to, you know, these one kid, Will's leaving. You know, Bryce is staying. I've got I've to pump them up. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to mope around forever. And, you know, and I think you can't mope around forever. It's what I, we put in the Daily Coach, the seven things that Walsh says don't do after a loss. But as I told, you know, we, we had this conversation back and forth at the Borgata with a bunch of people that, that, that kind of talk, we talked back and forth with Thomas Gable and some of the guys who bet there. You know, the, the hardest thing to do is to beat a team twice once you declared how you want to play. It's a hard thing to do. And then they lose the receiver, lose Meacham. Right, so now it's even harder, and I think that you know Georgia was was fortunate enough to be able to do that, and I, and I don't think you can take anything away from Georgia. You know, we kept saying Georgia, you know, they were six and a half point favorites. They came down to two and a half, and this Alabama team before the first Georgia game, we were talking about how Auburn should have beaten them, and it took 99 yards to drive to do it. 
Stalling so, out in the red zone, too, man. They just kept on stalling out in that red zone. That's always going to kill that's you. That's what happens. It always is going to kill Situational football. That's why, that's why as much as people want to disrespect the Tennessee Titans, and you can, their numbers and all this, you know, they're 27th in yards per play. They're really good in red zone. They're really good in short yardage. They're really good in being able to, to, to put the ball in the end zone. I mean, so when you add those things, factors together, they're great in the red zone offense and defense. They're great on third down offense and defense. They play very good in all short yardage situations. Those three areas are ultimately what makes up who wins in playoff games. And you can say whatever you want about Tennessee. They're one of two teams that are going to be chilling this week, resting, getting healthy. Yeah. That's really because what it comes they down do. To. They do the things that ultimately determine the outcome of football games really well. You, allowing yards don't necessarily always do that, right? But they they are very good at doing the things that ultimately, like this weekend, go through it. The teams that are bad on third down, the bad the teams that can't convert third and short. The teams that can't make plays in critical situations in the red zone. You know, you go down there, kick field goals, you're going to lose the game. Six games, six favorites, all home, right? You got five right now, five and a half with Cincinnati. Buffalo, four. Tampa, eight and a half-ish. Dallas, three. KC, 12 and a half. And then the Rams hosting Arizona on Monday, four. We'll talk about those numbers and more with Vinny Maliulo next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> You're listening.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, NBA offer over at BetMGM. $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer tonight, you're going to win 200 bucks paid for in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you're going to earn those M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is proud to be authorized gaming partner of the NBA. You can download the app or go to BetMGM.com. It's VSEN200. Remember, any three-pointer is made regardless of the bet's outcome. You're going to get 200 bucks paid for in free bets if you're a new better. Got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi in Jersey as we get ready for Wild Card Weekend. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSEN studios here at the South Point. Behind me is the book at the South Point where Vinny Maliulo is usually standing, and then he comes and sits next to me. However, today he's on the phone, not feeling well. First off, we, gen- we I genuinely say I hope you're feeling okay, buddy. How you doing, Vinny? I'm good, good boys. A little head cold, just playing playing it safe because I don't want to come in here and get sprayed down with the, that. Stuff you always carry around with you, <laughs> Yes, so. I disinfect. Pardon me. And yes. if you were here, we'd have to give you a shower of disinfectant, right? Probably, yeah. I'd be in uh, in a bubble. So I just uh, I said, you know what, let me, let me just make Patrick feel good because I didn't want to throw you off your game. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. How how'd we turn out before we get to uh, the NFL? How'd we turn out on Monday at the book here? Oh, in the, uh, in the championship yeah. game. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was actually uh, – uh, we actually needed Alabama in some, uh, you know, to some extent. Uh, there was a lot of late Georgia money, particularly on the money line, and uh, and uh, then they laid it too, and then uh, bet Georgia uh, also in some props and things like that. So I'd say overall, you know, just tremendous handle. I mean, I, I will say this about the game: probably the highest handle we've ever had on a um, a college football game, and I'll tell you why. Because when you think about it, guys, it tied in. Week 17 and 18. Oh, and by the way, these first uh, uh, wild card games as well. So, uh, great handle, great right, setting up a terrific handle uh, for this week with six games spaced beautifully on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Vinny, what what game this weekend uh, is is getting the most action from people that you respect? Uh the Raiders, Michael. Uh, we opened a game six and a half. Uh, pretty respected opinion. Uh, you know, fans will get involved, but they didn't. They didn't necessarily get involved this early. Uh, but they took six and a half. It took six with the Raiders down to five and a half. Uh, did take the Patriots plus four and a half. And again, we know that three is a key number, but uh, four is also a key number in uh, in the NFL. And uh, that's a game. And I'll tell you what, the the total. In the uh, in the Eagles game is down three points. It's down to forty six uh, at South Point now. When we open at forty nine, everybody thinks about the you know they see Buccaneers and they talk about you know high scoring games and things. But obviously the, the Eagles don't want to get in a shootout with this team. Uh, their ability to run the ball and uh, play some good defense, I think, is, is certainly impacting that right now. Now that number will probably come up. The public will bet that game over just because of Brady and the Buccaneers. But right now that game. That totals moved down to forty six from forty nine on the opener. Is there a correlation? Was there was there respected money Sunday evening on the Raiders? How did you end up there? I'm just curious if there's some carryover here with guys you respect. 
Well, I think, you know, people realize that the Raiders have been on a roll. You know, let's let's face it, guys. A month ago, the team was, was given up for dead. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, about a month ago when it looked like them when they had to win just about every game, uh, they were as high as 150 to one or more uh, in, in, the, in the future book. Um, it's the one team that we've got some liability on, but that liability was there before that. There was always support for the Raiders, regional bias. It's a great Raider town, always has been, even before they came here. Uh, but to, uh, you know, folks looking at the game, saying the way they're playing and the way they've treated these last few weeks as playoff games, maybe they've turned the corner. Uh, at some point, we'll get Bengal money. Uh, we're just trying to find that threshold right now. You, you know, it's funny, Vinny, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, think about this. So the Raiders are playing that Monday night game in Cleveland because Cleveland had COVID. And Nick Mullins under center, and Cleveland's winning 14 to 15, 14, I think at the time. Or no, I'm sorry, they were winning, yeah, 15, 14 at the time. And they, they, all they need is one first down on third and three. They run the outside zone, and it gets stuffed. All of us who are recommending taking the Browns and laying the two points are furious because you got to, you got to get the first down there because you can't really. You got they have Carlson, and they can get a first down, and, and they can kick a long field goal, and they stop them. The Browns punt. Stevin Stefanski's not the coach on the field. And after that game, the Raiders go on and win three straight. Now, I don't, I don't know how good they are because when you watch the games, they're every, every game there's a huge opportunity for them to lose the game, including the Colt game. But Wentz played horribly. You know, and, and last week, you know, they had a chance to, you know, the, 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 the Chargers had every chance to tie the game, but they didn't. Yeah, you know, Michael, it's a it's a terrific point you bring up. And it, you know, the, here's the thing that a Raiders credit, uh, you know, they've taken advantage of every opportunity they've been given, and so, you know, betters are, are, are riding them right now. I mean, it's a it's a matter of just saying, hey, look, this team is just finding a way to win. Uh, you know, right when you think that you know Carr, who's taken a lot of a lot of flack. You, you, you look at him, and all of a sudden he makes a big play. They can't run the ball. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, Jacob starts. You know, they, they make big plays. You know, when they, when they have to make big plays in the game, right? Jalen Richard with the run last week against the Chargers was a big run on the winning drive. So the the Raiders have taken every opportunity they've been given, whether it's a, a you know opponents the, the players miscue or the or, or coaching gap on the on the opposition. They've taken every opportunity. They've maximized it, and people are just riding their coattails right now. Now, this numbers we refer to five and a half is like a kind of a dead numbers. Really, not a lot of difference. Between five and five and a half. But at some point, they'll be Bengal money. But I think there's going to be a lot of support for the Raiders right up until kickoff. And just to be clear, you did you open six here with Cincinnati laying it, and it got bet right down. Six and a half. My goodness. Six and a half. They took six and a half uh, and uh, and six at South Point. So uh, yeah, they took both uh, six and six and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same question for you on Sunday evening, Pittsburgh KC. That's the maybe it's the as Michael says, it's the team we don't want to see in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm seeing mostly twelve and a halfs, a couple of thirteens. Where did you open here at the South Point? Where are you sitting right yeah. now, Vinny? Right where it opened, Patrick. I mean, uh, we're at 12 and a half. That's where it opened. Again, this game here, uh, these games haven't moved uh, uh, point spread wise. In fact, this game is uh, uh, the only game that hasn't had either the the point spread or the total move. But uh, at some point, now that's that's going to happen. And why? Because it's game five. It's Sunday night, so everything from Saturday and Sunday is going to be going to it. Uh, and it is the Chiefs. So the likelihood, what I can tell you this: the Chiefs will be. 
in, in, in the majority of money line parlays, even though they're seven and a half to one, and certainly teasers as well. So there'll be a lot of action on that game. It just hasn't, uh, it hasn't moved the number yet. But uh, the fact that it's the Sunday night game, which will uh, have four games before it uh, go into it, and then it'll vault everything into Monday. Monday's going to be a tremendous game. The Cardinals-Rams game will be great. This is a great setup for business with two games Saturday, three Sunday, and one on Monday. What a, what a setup. And how much teaser action will you get in these games? Uh, a lot of teaser action, Michael. I mentioned uh, the Chiefs will be teased for sure. I think you'll get two-way teaser action in uh, just about every other game, just the way they're uh, – they're... actually – uh, not so much uh, maybe in the Buccaneer. If the Buccaneer game goes up, then you'll see some pros get involved with as many points as possible with the Eagles, right? I mean, if you tease the Eagles right now at six, you're going to get 14 and a half. So uh, there'll be plenty of teaser action. And the fact that it's the playoffs, there'll be there'll be lots of it for sure. Yeah, I I don't see a ton of value in teasing Kansas City down, but have have at it if if you want. Yeah. Um, that Monday night game, your, your handle is going to be just ridiculous, Vinny. I mean, first off, it's it's two teams that people want to see play. It's Los Angeles, close to Vegas, and it, it, there's going to be so much just riding from Saturday and Sunday into that Monday night game. It's going to be wild. Yeah, and then again, it's a key number, right? It's sitting on four, guys. That's where it opened, but... Uh... Uh, actually, they did take a little bit of plus seventy five with uh, with the Cardinals on the money line. So, but you're right. I mean, folks have uh, really enjoyed the Rams the last couple of years, and this year, you know, the Cardinals have been a, a surprise to a lot of folks, and they've gotten a lot of support because they can score points. So, I think be, the fact that it's positioned where it is, and you could say that for just about any game, right? But when you look at it, would would the Eagles Buccaneers game get as much on Monday night? Maybe so, but not not as much as as this particular game. I mean, Monday night always gets that action because it's you know everything's tied to it. But you still have a matchup here that's going to draw even more so, and you got a number that's a lot closer too. So the fact that the number is four and it's closer than let's say the Buccaneers uh, or the the Chiefs number, that's certainly going to spell well for uh, for business and handle, no doubt about it. Okay. Well, I hope you feel better. That's that's a Georgia Bulldog head cold. Um, he got knocked. <laughs> he got knocked out by the Bulldogs. He hasn't recovered since. I'll, I'll be back, Vinny. Feel He'll better, be buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you. That's Vinny Maliulo, of course, legend from behind the book here at the South Point. We come back. Let's talk about that Monday night game. Plus, we got a mall and then Josh as well as we continue on a Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. You heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7. 
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 